Hello, this is Eric Bryant, pastor at Gateway Church in South Austin. If you want more resources, including the notes from this message, go to ericbryant.org. Or to find out more about our community, go to gatewaychurch.com south. All right, so let me kind of cast vision on the purpose of the Bible, all right? I want you to think of it almost like a love letter from God to humanity, okay? Uh, It's designed to connect us to the one who created us, the one who loves us. Now, here's the catch. It's not a textbook. It's actually an anthology. So an anthology means it's made up of different books, Anyone know how many books are in the Bible? Shout it out. 66. 66 books. 39 in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures, 27 in the New Testament. And it's filled with history, poetry, um, letters, uh, apocalyptic literature. Uh, It's filled with um, prophecy. And each of those reads differently, and you read it and apply it a little bit differently. But behind it, to say kind of the big picture, the goal of the scriptures is transformation, not information. So I grew up in a community where we did Bible drills. Any of you ever heard of Bible drill? I shared this a few weeks ago. I mean, it was intense competition where we would hold a Bible. They would say, pull out your sword. And then we'd put our, <laughs> hold our little Bible. And then they'd say a verse of the Bible and we'd race through. And then the first one that point at it would step up and they would be the winner and then you'd read it like it was a competition at the age of uh, 12 I memorized the books of the Bible and I can say them in order uh, in like 25 seconds Uh, maybe I'll do that for you next week (laughs) and in the process though I learned a lot of information but um, does anyone know what Joseph Stalin was doing before he became a revolutionary in the Bolshevik revolution Say it again. Seminary student. student. You can know a lot about the Bible and do a lot of terrible things. So if you're not familiar with the history of Joseph Stalin, evil, right? And in fact, what happened is uh, one of these biographies I was reading about him, he wanted to change the world. And uh, it seemed like uh, through uh, Christianity was moving way too slowly. And... uh, Frankly, there's a lot of folks over the years that when you use religion to um, control people, um, that's evil. And what we see in the scriptures is it's actually a book that allows us, uh, helps, guides us to have a relationship with God, helps us to learn how to trust God. Uh, It's a part of how God guides us along the way. So we're more about transformation than information. And as I said on Sunday, every time you come to the scriptures, when you read the scriptures, just try something a little maybe different. Just pray, God, show me who you are and who you want me to be. And what you're doing is you're opening your heart and your mind to see the character of God, but also how you can apply this to your life. So I'm going to throw out a few passages of scripture. If some of you can help me by looking them up and then I'll call on you in here just a little bit. Um, if somebody would look up 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. If someone else would look up, uh, who, who's got the 2 Timothy? All right. Who's got Romans 10? Who could do Romans 10, 9 through 13? You got that one? 
All right, if I can get someone else to do 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9. Got that, Jesse? And then Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Okay, great. And if you're here and you're new and you're like, these are brand new words, that's okay. All right, you'll, you'll pick these up as you go along, and that's okay. Uh, the beautiful thing about the Bible uh, is you have it digitally. You can Google it, right? And you can find whatever you need. In fact, I've discovered since the internet was invented, a lot of what I learned in seminary is completely worthless. Uh, and I'll show you even some of that. Who had 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17? Phyllis, read that out real loud for us. This is the purpose of the Bible. Okay, listen to this. All right, so the scriptures can be used to help us grow, to equip us, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Now, the Bible has been minim- Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Great point. So whenever Jesus is talking about the scripture, whenever Paul is talking about the scripture, they're referring to the Hebrew scriptures. Now, what's interesting in Peter, as we looked at a couple weeks ago, uh, we did a series through 1 Peter, um, that in that book, he refers to the scriptures and includes Paul's writings. Isn't that interesting? But yes, in the year 8316 or so is when church leaders came up with the canon, the New Testament. They said these should be in there, these shouldn't, and they made a decision based on who were the eyewitnesses. And Who's credible? And we can talk about that, and I can send you podcasts to listen to. Thank you for asking that. But yeah, in the context of the Bible, it's useful. It helps us. Now, here's the catch about the Bible. The Bible has been misunderstood, misinterpreted, used for the agenda of people who did not have the heart of God or were a product of their times. And the Bible, let me also acknowledge, can be hard to understand. Some passages were written so long ago and seem so different than our day and time. And to make matters even more complicated, there are spiritual forces that try to keep us from God. There are struggles in our own life that keep us from spending time in the scriptures. The darkness in our heart, the darkness in the world around us does not want us to discover the mysteries revealed in the scriptures. But I want you to know, let me just give you a few other things. I'm still talking about the purpose of the Bible. The Bible is not a giant don't-do list. All right, that's what I grew up thinking. A book of rules that make you feel guilty. That's what I thought. It is not a series of boring stories that have no relevance to our lives. It's also probably not what you think it is. Okay? But for whatever uh, resistance you might feel towards the scriptures, whatever your experience may be with the Bible, I want you just to consider having an open mind this summer. And becoming more open-minded to the possibility that God has more for us. Uh, What if we are stuck spiritually and engaging with the scriptures in a new way could be what brings us through uh, that time of being in the desert? Uh, What if what others have said negatively about the scriptures no longer keeps you from jumping in to read from it it for yourself? Uh, Some of us have been inoculated to the Bible. Like we know enough that we think we get the gist, right? Um, And some of us think it's important, but we just don't make the time to spend in it, in the scriptures. But what if I told you 
If you can make spending time with God in the scriptures a priority, it will transform your life. One of my favorite quotes from the pastor I served with for almost 13 years says, the scriptures are a portal into God's presence. So it's not just a book like Shakespeare that you can read and you know dissect. And a lot of people have done that over the years. But what I want us to do is to look at it through um, open hearts, open minds, and with a, a sense of expectation of God speaking to us through the Bible. All right, so let me give you a couple of thoughts. Um, oh, there you are. Thank you. I forgot about the whole slideshow I worked on today. All right, go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. I think that one has the interpreting the Bible overview. At some point, I'll post this online so you can have this uh, for your, you know, you can go back and look at it. A couple things. We do not believe that the Bible just kind of showed up on the top of a golden mountain. We actually believe these are real letters written by real people, but inspired by a real God. Okay? So it's both human and divine. And I'm going to use a couple of big phrases here, but I think you'll get what I mean. So each of these books in the Bible has historical particularity, but they also have eternal relevance. So that means they were written to specific people at a specific time, which is why it's so important to understand the context of what's happening. Now, again, if you missed Sunday's message, um, I apologize we won't be able to put that online, but I'll put the notes. But one of the things that I mentioned is if you go to the scriptures and you don't have to know any of the context and you just pray, God, show me who you are and show me who you want me to be. And you read it, a phrase, a verse, something, you know, the more you read, the more opportunities you have to, to get something that you can apply to your life. And if you read something that doesn't make sense, then dive deeper into the context and then it will start to make more sense. Okay, we'll do that. Some of the letters we're going to read are controversial. Uh, There's some of the ones that have been used and misinterpreted and uh, been abusive, to be honest. In fact, tonight, uh, if you read through Titus, you may have read some passages. You're like, oh, that's right. This is why I don't read the Bible. Right? But I chose Titus because it's only three chapters. And it was one of the last uh, letters that Paul wrote. Um, Just for those of you who walked in, I'm doing kind of a quick overview of the Bible. Then we're going to do Titus. All right, another couple things. Uh, I mentioned the understanding the types of literary genres. Uh, let me give you a quick example. Some of what you read is descriptive. Some of what we read is prescriptive. So what I mean by that, I'll give you an example. Mark chapter 16. Mark is a gospel. It is descriptive. It is a history of the ministry of Jesus. And one of these miraculous things that happened was uh, a snake bit somebody in a church service and they survived. So there are churches in Appalachia that actually think, oh, it's in the Bible, so they have snakes in their church services. Okay, They took what is actually descriptive, and they thought of it as prescriptive. Now, all the letters of Paul, which is what we're looking at, I think we're looking at nine of them this summer, are uh, prescriptive. They are letters written to church leaders or to churches. And he's literally saying, here's how to live the way of Jesus. Okay? So what we're going to be reading is going to be more the prescriptive. All right, here's another important thing to understand about the scriptures. Uh, God is the hero of the story, and the story shows three levels. So every story, the story of the Bible is God and humanity. But then you also see God and his people. In the Hebrew scriptures, it's the nation of Israel. In the New Testament, it's the church. 
But you also, in the stories, you're reading about God and different individuals. So what's beautiful is every part, every person fits into God's story, including us. We are part of the story that God is writing, and we have the freedom to choose our role in it. But he's inviting us to be a part of his story of, of redeeming humanity. I've got a little um, slide, I think. Uh, I grew up in a context that was more, uh, oh, was there a, like a, the next Christian thing, a slide in there? Did it disappear? All right, if it did. Okay, may have disappeared in the transfer. Let me just say this. I grew up in a context where the story of the Bible was presented as the, it's the story of man's fall and man's redemption. Say it again. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So what I grew up, and if you grew up in the Bible Belt, anyone grew up in the Bible Belt? Okay. I grew up in fall and redemption. That's what the Bible's about. Man blew it. God fixed it. Okay. Um, but we've completely excluded the first two chapters of the Bible, which is God and creation. And he created every single person in this room, every single person on this planet in his image. And we are our co-laborers in the creation. We are to be uh, good stewards of God's creation. So we are part of the creation story. The other part we forget is the last two chapters of the Bible, which is restoration. Now, what's interesting in the Bible is um, how many of you grew up uh, just hearing about heaven and hell? Okay, that's kind of what the church, you know, the phrase heaven and hell, those two words are you, I, I can't think of one passage where they're put right next to each other, Those two, that phrase, heaven and hell. But heaven and earth is all throughout the Bible. That's how it started. That's how it's going to end. There's a new heaven coming to the new earth. Now, this is important, and, and I'll explain why you're here in just a moment. Um, if you go to that next little slide, the story of the Bible overview, that's the one where it talks about heaven meets earth. All right? You can go to that other one, Jerry. Yeah. Heaven meets earth. At the beginning, it meets heaven meets earth in Eden. Then heaven meets earth in the tabernacle. With the people of Israel, they traveled around, and God's presence was in that tabernacle. Then heaven meets earth at the temple. They built a temple, and everybody would go to the temple to worship God. But then Jesus kept saying things about that temple that were temporary, but referring to himself as the presence of God. In fact, John chapter 1, verse 12 says that God tabernacled with us, dwelt with us. So literally, heaven met earth in the person of Jesus. And then here's a crazy thought. I didn't make this up. This is Jesus. Now we are the temple. The Spirit of God lives in each one of us who said yes to following Jesus. Now we are the body of Christ. We are where heaven meets earth. That's a scary thought. That means it's up to us. We are the answer to Jesus. Jesus said to pray, God, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We are the ones, followers of Jesus are the ones that are to be doing that, to be bringing heaven on earth and how we treat each other. And then eventually heaven meets earth at the end of all things when God makes all things right. All right. So when you go through this, uh, the scriptures, just know that you're looking at different case studies and um, most of the people uh, in the Bible are both heroes and villains, all of them, right? You name a hero, I can tell you something bad he did, 
Okay, let me get read this quote from Tim Keller. He's a pastor out of uh, New York City. I really highly recommend his messages online. He said, the message of the Bible is not that God blesses and saves those who live moral and exemplary lives. The message of the Bible is that God persistently and continuously gives his grace to people who don't ask or even appreciate it. So religion is man's attempt to do good things to get God, get to God, get God to love us. What Jesus comes to offer is a relationship with God, and because he loves us, we do good things. It's very different. All right? All right, so let me just remind you as we're jumping into our time together, this is an experience. It's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. All right, so the way of Jesus has three options. One, just show up. That's all you got to do. Just come next Wednesday. The other thing I'll tell you, you can come whatever Wednesday night you're in town, and if you have to miss, you have to miss, and that's okay. Basically, you'll get out of this experience whatever you're able to put into it, all right? Um, Option two, besides just showing up, if you want to, try reading through the book that we're going to read together or talk about the next week, and then watch the video from The Bible Project, and that, I think, can be helpful. Uh, Third option, this is all, this is hardcore, all right, hardcore option, watch, read, and saturate, all right? I pitched this earlier, if you got this email, some of you may have tried this. You read Acts 7 through 28. That's the stories of Paul. Paul is really the one who took what Jesus taught and introduced it to the world, starting little churches. Uh, He introduced the world to the way of Jesus, traveling around. And he was one of the most opposed to Jesus' message. It's a fascinating, amazing turn of events. Um, and also, um, there's another book that I highly will recommend, and I've uh, been quoting it throughout our time together. It's called Paul, a biography by N.T. Wright. And there's videos of him. He's fascinating to listen to because he's British, so he sounds smart, right? <laughs> but it's a really great book. You can also watch the videos. And then, uh, like when you, um, Titus, it takes six minutes to read Titus. So when you read through a book, consider reading it once a day, Right? So this is the hardcore version. Uh, And so then you're reading through that book of the Bible five times before we meet together. And then you could also memorize a verse or two or even a passage. If you can, hardcore. All right, those are your options. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to watch the Bible Project video. If you already did that, great. If you haven't, it's okay. We'll catch you up. Um, But we're going to just watch the video again for some of you. And what I want you to do is just, again, listen with an open heart, open mind. They're going to give us the context of this letter. All right, so...